Hi friend, and welcome back to the Live by Design podcast. I am really looking forward to recording this episode for you because we are going to dive back into James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. We have referenced this book many times on the show, and honestly, it is chock full of goodness. And so that's why we keep coming back to it time and time again. And the reason I'm bringing it back for today's episode is because I've actually had a few conversations with clients recently about this idea of this kind of like negative spiral that can happen in our lives and how we can, first of all, set ourselves up so that that doesn't happen in the first place. And then secondly, address what to do when it does happen. Now, I used to call this like a negative spiral, like you wake up and you're feeling kind of crummy. And so then maybe you eat a really greasy breakfast and then your stomach kind of hurts. So then you don't go for your walk, which is the thing that probably helps you feel really vibrant, right? And then like the day just kind of continues to spiral from there. And as I was reading Atomic Habits, I came across this section and I'll read it to you here before we jump into the episode. Um, and I realized that there's actually a name for this spiral and it's called autocatalytic, meaning it feeds itself. So James writes, bad habits are autocatalytic. The process feeds itself. They foster the feelings they try to numb. You feel bad, so you eat junk food. Because you eat junk food, you feel bad. Watching TV makes you feel sluggish, so you watch more TV because you don't have the energy to do anything else. Worrying about your health makes you feel anxious, which causes you to smoke, to ease your anxiety, which makes your health even worse, and soon you're feeling more anxious. It's a downward spiral, a runaway train of bad habits. And I love that line of runaway train of bad habits. What a beautiful turn of phrase. And I think a a big part of what we do here in the Live by Design um, podcast, in the collective, in my courses, is all about creating awareness. So first, how can we create some awareness around this runaway train of bad habits? And then how can we more proactively shift things going forward? So that's what we're going to dive into today. I am so excited uh, about this topic because it is something that I've personally been doing a lot of work on in the last 12 months, but really the last three months especially. Um, And so I can't wait to share that with you. But before we get started, I would just like to take a moment to thank today's podcast sponsor, Blissoma. So Blissoma, if you guys haven't been tuning into the podcast, they are my all-time favorite all-natural skincare routine. Their founder, Julie, was actually on the podcast a few weeks ago, so you can go back and give it a listen to really get to know her and her heart and her mission with Blasoma. But essentially, it boils down to helping women feel confident in their skin again. And they like to do that a little differently. They like to say that they turn the beauty industry upside down. So they're sick of the lies and the fear and the unhealthy ingredients and the profiteering and the waste and the harm that a lot of the beauty industry actually does to our own sense of our self-image and our skin as well. And so instead their approach is simple and it's grassroots. They want to give people clear, calm, resilient skin using honest, healthy ingredients. I love that they take this approach. They call it skin nutrition. I don't know about you, but I had never really thought about my skin nutrition. I wasn't even very purposeful with my skincare routine for a long time, but since I started using Blazoma's products back in the fall of 2022, my skin has totally turned around. Even my husband's noticed, my kids have noticed, uh, and most importantly, I feel so good in my skin again for the first time truly in like over five years. So if you want to give Blasoma a try as well and see what this plant-based skincare is all about, this skincare that is healing and just helps your skin feel and look its best, go over to misskatehouse.com slash Blasoma, and that's where you can grab your code livebydesign. 
all one word, L-I-V-E-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N to get a 30% off of a trial skincare set, which will give you two weeks worth of products, which is the perfect optimal amount of time to start feeling and experiencing some of these results for yourself too. There are links for everything below in your show notes, but I would just love for you to get to experience this healthy skin from this independently owned company, a woman owned company that's on a mission to shake things up in the skincare industry. All right, friend on with the show. Hey friend, and welcome back to the Live by Design podcast. I'm your host, Kate House, health coach, yoga instructor, meditation enthusiast, slow but steady runner, boy mama times two, wife to my college sweetheart, and unapologetic advocate for you living your dream life. This is our space to come together and explore powerful habits, mindset shifts, goals with soul, self-awareness, and lifelong learning all while cultivating joy and practicing gratitude each step of the way. So pop in your earbuds, press play, and together, let's live by design and not default. All right, friend, let's dive right into today's episode. So the chapter that I am referencing, well, two chapters really are chapter six and chapter seven, but primarily chapter seven of Atomic Habits, which is titled The Secret to Self-Control. And what I appreciate so much about this chapter is that James talks a lot about how self-control is great, but it only works for so long. And so one, um, one excerpt that I'd really like to read to you today goes like this. The people with the best self-control are typically the ones who need to use it the least. It's easier to practice self-restraint when you don't have to use it very often. So yes, perseverance, grit, and willpower are essential to success, but the way to improve these qualities is not by wishing you were a more disciplined person, but by creating a more disciplined environment. He goes on to say the counterintuitive idea makes even more sense. Once you understand what happens when a habit is formed in the brain, a habit has been encoded in the mind, a a habit that has been encoded in the mind is ready to be used whenever the relevant situation arises. And then he gives this great example. He says, when Patty Olwell, a therapist from Austin, Texas started smoking, she would often light up while riding horses with a friend. Eventually, she quit smoking and avoided it for years. She also stopped riding. Decades later, she hopped on a horse again and found herself craving a cigarette for the first time in forever. The cues were internalized. She just hadn't been exposed to them in a long time. And I thought that was such a beautiful reminder that the environment in which we're in, the environment we create for ourselves is a really important part of our habit strategy. And I love to talk about habits here on the show because I really believe that living by design and not by default, a lot of that is by layering habits into your day that align with your goals for the year, that align with your core values, that align with your personal sense of purpose, um, and honestly, just align with wanting to live a joyful, happy life, right? And so creating these habits, if 40% of our day, they say, according to a a Duke University study, if 40% of our day is spent doing a habit, something that you do without even realizing it, what if we could be really purposeful with the habits we layer into our day so that it supports us achieving our goals. It supports us living um, in congruence with the way that we want to, right? Whether that's, we want to live in a way that feels healthy. We want to live in a way that feels vibrant. We want to live in a way that um, loves others. Well, whatever that looks like for you. And I really appreciate this reminder that, um, that our, our self-control only goes so far and that a lot of what we can do, we can do with our environment. So James goes on to say, here's the punchline. 
You can break a habit, but you're unlikely to forget it. Once the mental grooves of habit have been carved into your brain, they are nearly impossible to remove entirely, even if they go unused for quite a while. And that means that simply resisting temptation is an ineffective strategy. Let me say that again. That means that simply resisting temptation is an ineffective strategy. It is hard to maintain a Zen attitude in a life filled with interruptions. It takes too much energy. In the short run, you can choose to overpower temptation. In the long run, we become a product of the environment that we live in. To put it bluntly, I I have never seen someone consistently stick to positive habits in a negative environment. I just love that reminder that simply resisting temptation is an ineffective strategy. And in the long run, we become a product of the environment we live in. So I have spent a lot of time in the last, really the last three or four months, especially very purposely curating my environments. James likes to say one space, like one usage. And so not all of us have the luxury of that, right? You might not be able to have like a dedicated space for work and a dedicated space for play and a dedicated space for, um, winding down, whatever that looks like for you. But I think there are ways that we can, we can really take this premise and make it work for ourselves. And so one way that I've done that recently is I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I think my boys were essentially sharing a room for the last year and we officially like moved them in together. And my husband and I turned the now extra bedroom into a workout room. So we've got our treadmill in there. We've got our Peloton bike. We um, were gifted a weight bench for Christmas. We've got our weights in there. Um, We even hung up like an extra TV in there. And so we have created an environment that is very conducive to our health and wellness goals for this new year. And because we honestly, we've been in like survival mode for so long and we're like, okay, now it's time to focus on our health, like really focus on it again. And so a habit of ours was that we would get our kids down to sleep and we would just kind of like fall into our couch and watch TV together for like hours. And we're like, this isn't really nurturing our relationship. This isn't really nurturing our bodies. If anything, it's the opposite because now we're sitting here snacking and there's nothing wrong with that. I love watching TV with my husband. I love snuggling on the couch together, but maybe we do that for one episode of a show and not the entire evening, right? So instead, what we've been doing is getting our kids down to sleep. And then we just pop into the other bedroom. We put on, you know, we're watching Peaky Blinders right now. I've never seen it before. And I'm like totally obsessed. So I'll put on Peaky Blinders. And for an entire episode, I will walk. And in that amount of time, I can walk about two and a half miles. Um, And Dennis will hop on the bike and he'll bike, I mean, like 10 miles or something wild like that. And so then we're spending that hour doing something really productive. And then we feel really good afterwards, right? Cause we just um, had all these endorphins and we were getting a good sweat on. And so then even if we do decide to maybe watch one more episode together that evening, we're less likely to grab snacks that are, are, you know, relatively unhealthy, right? Because we just worked out, you feel really good. And so you want to continue that positive spiral um, by eating something that feels really nutritious or by drinking water. Um, for me, it's been really helpful with just layering out of my life, um, like an extra glass of wine at night and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go for a walk instead. And then when I'm walking, I end up drinking like a Nalgene full of water because I drink a lot of water. <laughs> and if I'm drinking a Nalgene full of water, like 32 ounces of water, I'm not going to want a glass of wine afterwards because my stomach is full. Right. And so we're just layering these really simple things into our lives that just support the habits that we want to really lean into. Right. And so this idea, again, in the long run, we become a product of 
of the environment that we live in. Another way that I've really tried to do that is at here, as I'm recording, I'm sitting at my desk and this is my space to work. So when I sit down here, I know that it's like go time. Like it is get ish done time. Like I put on my noise canceling headphones, whether I'm recording or not, if I'm not recording, I put music on through them and the noise canceling headphones just help me really focus in on the task at hand. And I usually only ever work for no more than two hours at a time. So I put on my headphones and I get it done. Right. And if this were a space where I also like painted my nails or watched YouTube videos for fun or did online shopping, it would be a lot harder to sit down and just focus and get the work done. But my brain knows like when we sit here, we're getting it done. We're getting our stuff where it needs to go. And that has worked and served me really well. Um, Another way that I've used this in the past is back when we were living in our townhouse here in Gettysburg before we moved into this home, I had a little basket where I had all of my podcasting supplies. And so I wanted to give you an example too of how you can use this, um, this idea of, of being a product of the space that we live in. You know, if you don't have a space dedicated to just one thing, right? So when we lived in our townhouse, I didn't have my desk set up like I do right now. In fact, my desk was being used by my husband for his nine to five job, right? And so my desk was, was covered with his laptop and his paperwork, because that's the, that's what it, the what it was serving at that time, right? So I didn't really have a dedicated workspace in that season of life for those six months. And so I created this little basket and I called it my pod basket. And I put my microphone in there. I put my um, all my just all of my recording equipment, right? My nice headphones. I put my uh, my pop screen in in there. Like everything I needed to record. My little notebook where I jot down things as I record or before I record. And I would take that with me. And when it was time to sit down and record in that season of life, I would grab my pod basket. I'd sit it down either on our desk or I'd sit in the closet or wherever it was that I was recording that day. But I knew that when I broke out that basket, it was time to get work done. And so in that way, I was able to create this environment where it was one environment and one task. And so there are lots of different ways that we can layer this into our lives. But I really like this idea of setting ourselves up for success, right? So I'll just end here with a couple of final words from James from Atomic Habits. And again, this is from, this is from chapter seven, the secret to self-control. He writes, this practice is an inversion of the first law of behavior rather than make it obvious, which is the first law of behavior. You make it invisible. I'm often surprised by how effective simple changes like these can be. Remove a single cue and the entire habit often fades away. Self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. I think we need to hear that again. Self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. You may be able to resist temptation once or twice, but it's unlikely you can muster the willpower to override your desires every time. Instead of summoning a new dose of willpower whenever you want to do the right thing, your energy would be better spent optimizing your environment. This is the secret to self-control. Make the cues of your good habits obvious and the cues of your bad habits invisible. And I just love that. I even wrote this little note in the side, self-control is a short-term strategy. Um, and like all of this is underlined. I even have a note to myself saying this with, <laughs> with arrows. Um, but I just, I love this idea of make the cues of your good habits obvious and the cues of your bad habits invisible. And so I think that there is a lesson there for all of us to really give ourselves permission to take a moment and to pause and to think about 
How have I set up the environment around me? How have I set it up to support my good habits to make them visible? And how can I more proactively make my habits I'm trying to release and not, not lean into a little bit more invisible. And so the example I gave earlier of creating a designated workout space so that we are choosing some movement at the end of the day, instead of, um, lethargy is that we leave our kids one bedroom and we see the door open to the workout room and we already have the light turned on and we're already in our workout clothes. And so we have made that habit very visible in that way. And so my challenge to you, friend, your soul work, if I were to give you some, um, cause we do soul work at the end of every coaching call, we do soul work at the end of every LBD collective meeting, um, would be, if I were to give you one would be to just think about one habit in your life that you're maybe ready to release that maybe is no longer serving you or the goals that you're working towards. And instead think about a habit you would like to layer in instead, and then go one step further and ask yourself, how can I make that desired habit more obvious? And how can I make the less desired habit more invisible? And then take the steps to do that. It might not be as drastic as moving your kids into the same bedroom and having a designated space for sweating and moving your body. It could be as simple as creating that basket for your evening routine where you keep your book and your journal and your favorite pen and a candle that you light each evening and you stick it on your bedside table. And that is your cue, your trigger to do your evening routine um, before falling into bed at the end of the night. You know, that this could look different for each and every one of us, but my encouragement to you today, friend, is to just take that time to think, to evaluate, to create that awareness And then not only to just listen to the show, um, which I'm so grateful that you do, but also to take it a step further and start to really implement some of these strategies yourself, because that's where, you know, we can do all of the learning. I love listening to podcasts. I love reading books. Obviously I'm like a total nerd. Um, but if we just learn and learn and learn, we actually just feel overwhelmed because now we know what we should be doing. And then we feel kind of guilty because we're not actually taking the time to do any of it. So that would be my soul work to you, friend, would be to create some of that awareness to create the strategy, but then also start implementing it in your own life. And I truly believe that's why coaching with my clients, that's why the women in the LBD collective are really starting to see and experience these shifts and changes um, because it's these, it's the implementing, it's the doing that actually creates the change in our lives. I actually had a collective member recently tell me that her life now is, it feels so different than it did a year ago. And that's the cool thing is that the collective now has been around as of this recording for, oh my gosh, 14 months. And so this is somebody who's been there since the very beginning has never missed, um, never missed a call has literally been there every step of the way. And she's been implementing, she's been creating this awareness, but then also implementing these shifts and these changes slowly over the course of 14 months. And it's amazing how far you can go with slow, sustainable change and growth over time. And so that's just my encouragement to you, friend, that you can absolutely do the same. I want to thank Blissoma again for being the world's best podcast sponsor for giving me that vibrant skin for being part of my personal morning and evening routine, reminding me to practice self-care. Um, and again, uh, this is actually another great example. <laughs> I have my, all of my Blissoma products on this beautiful tray. I picked up, um, at like a home decor store locally for just a few bucks, but it's, it's glass and it's got a mirrored bottom and has these little gold accents, which happen to match the gold accents of the Blissoma products. And I keep them on my countertop. I actually don't like to keep things on my countertop. I like things to be very clean. Um, but I keep them on my countertop because it's my visual cue or trigger that, oh, right. I really love my skincare routine. I'm going to make time for that right now. 
and do this practice of caring for my skin well, of nurturing it with good skin nutrition. Um, so that's another way that I'm doing that. If I had all of them tucked underneath the cabinet, you bet your buns, I would probably wash my face like a quarter of the time that I do now. So another way to just be really purposeful with your environment so that you can layer those routines in and those habits in that really support you in the way that you want to feel. All right, friend, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. All right, friend, that brings us to the end of another Live by Design podcast episode. I had so much fun diving into today's topic with you, and I hope that you are walking away with at least one little nugget of information that you didn't have before or one action item that you are going to start implementing in your life starting right now. And speaking of implementing change in your own life, if you haven't already joined our free community Facebook group, I would love for you to become a Live by Design podcast insider. You can join us over at misskatehouse.com slash community to be automatically redirected to a Facebook group, all focused on releasing overwhelm, getting unstuck, and finally taking aligned action in the direction of your dreams. We have such a beautiful community of kind and supportive people there, and I can't wait for you to join us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would first subscribe to the show through whatever listening app you prefer. And second, to rate the show with five stars over on Apple Podcasts and leave us a one or two sentence review. That is seriously the kindest way that you can thank me for hosting the show week after week, totally for free, serving you from the heart with so much love and so much heart. I will be back in your earbuds again soon. And until then, friend, spread some joy, make someone smile.